Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Welcome back to Dum Dums and Dragons, where improvisers who've never role-played before journey into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I am the Great Wizard Bukake, your host. Our heroes destroyed the entire gang of goo dwarves. Butthole used his holy powers to throw back the darkness. Quinny tricked Reginald into having a vision. And Juniper turned into Echo to wear the dead mine foreman's outfit to attempt to command the beasts. Can they figure out what's going on and escape the mine alive? Find out next on Dom Doms and Dragons. It all began with the forging of just some rings. <laughs> Three were given to Gulper, betrayer and fairest of all beings. Seven more were also given to Gulper, craftsman of <laughs> yeah. bad policy. In return for cash. And nine rings were further given to Gulper, who above all else desired power. <laughs> I was going to say rings, apparently. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the tale of those rings, Wait. which have no power. They are absolutely not but, in any way magical but or the powered one. up. Oh, um, there was no one. I'm going to leave that like an unsneezed sneeze. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, he just reaches down into the corpse's lap and pulls it. Oh, yeah, there's one ring down here. I don't know why it's down here. <laughs> Near his yeah. groin, but here you go. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's one 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 bling it's to fine. further bling them all, um, yeah. and in gaudiness, bind them. Uh, so yes, you uh, twenty rings. Echo, Jesus. you have you have so many rings. Um, you you are are some kind of lord of them. Um, incidentally, if uh, if while you're watching this or listening to it, uh, Laura's panel just disappears. It's because Amazon bought the rights uh, to her character now, and they're just gone. Um, <laughs> so... Is she Sauron? <laughs> Who I don't... Anyone? It could be me. It could be you. Who knows? It's, I it's don't possible. care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned for Dum Dums and Dragons. Tom bitches about Tom Bombadil coming soon to one shots. Um, Tom Bombagon, am I right? Oh. <laughs> Bombagon girl. No. I mean, it writes itself. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I'm already dead. Because um, in this episode, it. it'll be Tom Bombagoo. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. I guess. Will Again, be. I don't know. No. Tom Goombagill. <laughs> Gom Goombagoo. It just sound like background characters from The Sopranos who are just like in it for an episode and then get whacked for failing Tony in some way. Um... <laughs> all right, so uh, Echo, you are you are blinged out with all these these ridiculous rings uh, of 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 power, in as much as they represent the wealth of a jackass, uh, but not you know any cool spooky uh, arcane arcane power. Uh, you're within the Ageless Catacomb, um, a, a an ancient mine uh, that bridges the way into into a Um You can see that it is it is called that in uh, the prospecting materials that you find uh, butthole and that you can read in, in Dwarvish um, that uh, seem to indicate kind of from the earliest records of, of this place um, what it was in, intended to, to do and to be. Um, so f- 
from uh, you're you're down here uh, trying to find your way through to Aka. Um, there was some kind of mining operation down here, but it's unclear as to what what exactly was going on. So far, uh, you've encountered uh, the gerbils. Uh, still no sign of the gerbil master, um, a character that you invented and I have nothing to do with. Uh, doesn't matter. We're finding that whistle. We're finding that whistle or we're dying trying. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Echo has become the Lord of the Rings, wearing a bunch of uh, Gulper the Betrayer's bling, uh, as well as his uh, now ashy, formerly vomity uh, robe. Uh, Quinny uh, has recently gotten devomited, but has been kicked. Um, (laughs) It looks normal, smells like barf. Yeah, uh, you know, as you do. Mm. Uh, Reginald found surprising well of, of heroism uh, when two separate <laughs> players threw inspiration at him in order to turn him around. And then the enemy ran away. Those were and, his two greatest yep. moments. Um, uh, you, you you murdered the hell out of some goo monsters. Um, and now, Butthole, you're, you're still reading documents. Echo, you are kind of in disguise as Gulper. Um, to some extent, and that is that is where we find you. So, butthole, let's uh, let's roll an investigation um, or a history. You can you can choose I mean, which. Would you, would you accept insight? Insight? No, I wouldn't. I'm looking at the same. Guy. I see the wisdom. I see it right there. No, no. <laughs> okay, listen. I get it. I'm just saying, having him roll an investigation is basically sarcastic. Well, look, you're reading a bunch of paper. So, what's okay? What's what's your pitch for insight? Why would why would insight work here? Well, because he he's not smart. It's the same way when he was investigating things previously, he'd wander around tasting things. Like he's just <laughs> praying and trusting his like instincts to walk him to the right page. Because he's aware that reading this, he's okay. not going to be. Good All right, at. yes, that argument I will buy. If you're literally documents. just picking up, if you're doing like the Bill Murray trying to read the cards in Ghostbusters thing, we're just grabbing a paper and being like this one. He's nope. it's like feeling around with all the little buttholes moving papers to be like yes. <laughs> Okay, this one must be important. They're around for 10 minutes, so he's got them to, like, help. So, Well, hang on a second. It's been a week since our last episode, so I think they've (laughs) probably dissipated by now. Um, Oh, that sounds like we've all had a long rest then. Yeah. (laughs) Shut your mouth. No, you haven't. Your sword has no poison. Um, All right, cool. So, yeah, I'll I'll buy that. Uh, I'm also just infinitely charmed by, like, the... uh, the army of darkness, uh, or I guess Evil Dead Two level like tiny ashes just running around causing. No, that is that is army, right? Army of um, darkness, yeah, yeah. Uh, just tiny, tiny buttholes running around causing <laughs> Sam Raimi shenanigans. <laughs> yep, that is a thirteen on the roll. Oh man, it is good you didn't roll investigation. Um, I know. <laughs> all right, so thirteen. So you're not um, you're not finding investigation is like, a negative number. Yeah, you're not finding anything <laughs> tremendously helpful. Um, but uh, you are getting like again just little, little glimpses into into what this place is. So um, it was originally um, a small mining operation uh, that was um, scheduled uh, just kind of almost as as an expeditionary. Um, like, let's just see what what's out there. Uh, and you can see from that random document you pulled that the expectation was that this would be an incredibly underperforming small mine, um, that this was really not meant to be anything so much so that um, they basically sent like a couple middle managers and like four prospectors with with uh, pickaxes to, to to get set up, um, that it really was a very unimpressive um survey that had been done and that there wasn't a huge expectation of of any real reward um that said snapshot of several years later um again just picking up random paper 
the mine is turning a tremendous profit, like an overwhelmingly strong profit um, from uh, adamantine, um, which wasn't listed anywhere in the the survey document you found. Uh, but in the second document from years later, it's like the, the profit ledger and the work is very cheap and the um, the resources being mined are extraordinarily valuable. Um, so you can see that it's it, it's booming, which again tracks with how efficient this place seems to be set up, uh, as well as all the expansions you've seen. Um, you rolled a 12? 13. 13? That's, that's, that one's going to make a huge difference. <laughs> yeah, huge. Um, and then I guess uh, you get just sort of reports of... Um, uh, like a morale document that's just like an internal report on on morale uh, and how effective the water coolers have been in um, just giving giving the workers something that isn't work and they're all just thrilled about it and that's great uh, but there's some there's some frustration that management was like pushed to this um, but uh, also it seems to just be an efficient way to keep them all happy and there's some talk about how centering the water cooler at at the core of of the entire social experience of of the miners seems to be uh, almost giving it a godlike status, um, but also it seems to be helping with all the black lung, just a little bit. It's not stopping anyone from dying, but it is slowing it ever so slightly. Um, so with a thirteen, that's kind of all you get so far. Um, is there anything in particular you're looking for? Like, what, what does Butthole want to get out of this? Um. The big thing was just to kind of understand the history of the mine because he might be able to piece together more of the layout. Uh, and then the other thing is this black lung. He's actually pretty knowledgeable in terms of medicine from his mm. time serving with the mercenaries and then kind of working his way up. Does that seem like it's traditional minor black lung or could that be goo related? Um, you can go ahead with a medicine if you want. Cool. That is 23. 23. Um so that very much does sound like, um, from the the way you're reading about it, it does just sound like traditional black lung, which is not a tremendously common thing among dwarves. Um, but uh, from the amount of profit you're seeing kind of being cranked out and the hours it would take to just to physically do the work, you get the sense that um, this mine was likely overusing its workers in a way that they likely weren't aware of. So it's it doesn't seem like a oh there's an an unexplained illness that is is it's just literally like everybody's tired then they die. Yeah. We haven't given yeah like no one leaves is basically what you're getting from a lot of this that hmm. any once you start working here the system is made almost like a like a this is awful but like a proper casino where it's just like if we can just meet your needs you will never leave and we just have no clocks or windows so you have no idea what time it is there's just food and drink everywhere and uh, until you run out of money you can just comfortably be in this environment for as long as you need to be um except instead of gambling you're mining um so you really that's the the vibe you're getting from from the documentation you found so far that's not to say it couldn't be goo related but you're not getting that vibe from what, what you can see. Yeah, I'm not seeing any reports of goo shit going no, on. No, it literally seems like, oh, well, if we have lots of places for them to get water, it slows the degradation of their bodies from being mm. down here when working. Yeah. Does this desk have drawers Yep. on the, the manager side? Are any of those locked? Um. Yeah, I think they all are. Um, Great. 
Hammer time. He wants to open those up. Mm. The shit that's not getting shown to these other dwarves. He like wants to get the gulper's personal stash. Because traditionally, if you have some shitty guy in charge of a thing, then that shitty guy is hiding the thing that goes bad. And then when it's all bad, sometimes they have a diary being like, oh, I shouldn't have done this. And maybe there's a diary. And he's just thinking aloud to himself. Like talking to the floating bubble. You got plenty of time as we're putting those rings on Echo. Like that, uh, we <laughs> we skimmed over that at the end of the last episode, but like it's it's a process. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, you don't need to roll for this. Uh, hammer meets desk. Uh, desk is is not like reinforced particularly well. Again, further signs to you, butthole of like the power structures here seem to be so widely accepted that it is the kind of thing where it's like you can basically just put a small lock on it and people respect the lock. Mm-hmm. It's not that also, they could be picked. From Just, what we heard through Reginald, he can have people eviscerated. So that tends to mean people don't open your drawers. This is true. Um, so uh, you open the drawer, and um, the only things of note that you find are um, there is uh, an, an official um, like management contract um, uh, from uh, uh, the... Uh, there's like um, a very fancy stamp at the top of the letterhead, uh, again, it's like fantasy times, so there's not um, uh, printing. Um, but uh, in kind of like um, a really nice, almost like um, the the print you put in the front of a book. Uh, I forget what they call those. I want to say like, it's not lithograph. That's the wrong term. But uh, you know what I mean? Those like uh, a book plate that you stamp to say like, mm-hmm. this is from from the mm-hmm. library of. Like it's that kind of, of vibe where it's got like little vines and it's just kind of um, a, a beautiful script. Um, and uh, it just says uh, the good works company. And it seems to be an employment contract um, uh, made out uh, to uh, uh, someone named uh, Victor Grum. Um, who is listed as uh, the, uh, the, the foreman of the mine. Uh, and uh, Victor Grum's name has been crossed out, and in a a less delicate hand, uh, uh, Gulper um, McNiggles uh, has been written over top of it. Like it's it's literally the uh, the Ned Flanders diploma with Ned Homer Flanders? Simpson written over oh, okay. it. It's like that level of just like, and it's not. And to be clear, no one has co-signed this. Like, there's no update yeah, no, to this. this is, it's yeah. just this is like the hack job. Yeah, he wrote wrote his name over top of it. Um, beyond that, uh, the only other thing of, of note is a uh, there seems to be a a dossier, um, or sort of like, a, and this you do recognize as um, it's not quite the you know Resident Evil diary that you're looking for, but it's clearly like this is the thing that isn't out in public, um, mm-hmm. and it's uh, a series of reports on um, uh, Craven Morks, um, a an organizer uh, who seemed to be giving Grum um, a, a number of headaches uh, with his his talk of um, uh, the uh, you know the right of the worker and and other such things, and it would seem that uh, the uh, the quality of, of the water coolers uh, improved slightly with the, the rumblings and grumblings that uh, that Morks uh, implemented. Uh, the report then shifts to the the scrawling hand that you, I think, can now clearly identify as gulpers. Uh, and it would seem that uh, Craven continued to be an issue uh, under the administration of gulper uh, until the moment that um, uh, Reginald had to live through 
of uh, mm. Craven Morks's uh, brutal execution. But um, yeah, it's and uh, like Gulper's take on it is a lot more like respect my authority kind of uh, <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, but he also mentions uh, that uh, he's worried about uh, how much uh, Craven is able to bend the ear of, as he puts it, the new owners. Hmm. Um, and I think that's that's about what you get. Cool. Yeah, desk. Butthole would uh, relay all of that information to the group. He would also take out a quill and just cross out uh, Gulper's information and just write Echo because he'd heard them dressing Echo up as the new mine owner. So if it somehow is affected by this contract of the legal ownership, he can hand it. He hands it over to Echo. Just, okay, so now you're legally in charge of the mine. If it gets weird, uh, okay, but new who owners. Are yeah, oh, who sorry, are go they? Ahead. Yeah, I don't know. So they could be the goo if they teamed up with the goo, because it seems like our version of Archibald had like a more functional relationship than keeping it in like a glass suitcase. Or it could just be a car if he had come in. But I don't think a car would listen to like some sort of pro-union communist, because if they did, we wouldn't be in toilet world right now. Right. Uh, hey, uh, you happen to see anything about work orders for the armor or anything like that? That's one of the things we were coming no, in here to get. Nothing about that. This was all just mining shit. So it turned out okay. they thought this mine was just going to be a dump, and then it was worth a lot of money, and then I'm imagining a car found out and then uh, murdered everyone who was in charge and took over. Now that sounds like my dad. Okay. Uh, and then, you know... At some point, things went wrong, but no one was keeping a diary. And that's why, historically, you need to keep a diary or write a Bible. Those are the two things you do for continuity of thought. That's why I wrote the Moon Mandments. That solves itself. Are you guys keeping diaries? Quinny, are you keeping a diary? No. Echo, do you keep a diary? No, but Dr. Martha does. She has she has a diary about every person uh, back at the castle. Uh, that sort of sounds like something that's good, but unless a villain finds it, and then it could reveal all of our weaknesses, like that stage play about Well, okay, Batman. what side of this issue are you <laughs> I was on, man? Make that I can't. Same joke. <laughs> <laughs> Echo, you got to tell Martha not to include any of our weaknesses in that document, just strengths. <laughs> Dear Dr. Martha, don't tell Brother I love Buttle. <laughs> I don't like to talk to, to Dr. Martha. Okay, then I'll talk to her oh, later. Bad. That's that fine. Do you know what? That feels like a me problem. Um, or we could just have Quinny steal it. No, no, this is getting too complicated. Uh, Quinny, what do you think we should do next? Leave if we can't get anything else out of this room. I mean, we we came into the forge. We came in here looking for more answers about what the fuck is going on in the forge. We got nothing. So we got one other room to check according to, you know, what we know so far. Uh, the, the, what was it? Uh, the room with like a bit of a draft. It was like hot air coming through i think okay so we get the final room that makes sense to me reginald yes i think we should leave right now i'm reginald yeah. let's reginald fucking go thinks we should leave yeah okay Our so reginald why don't you push echo because you've got the giant flaming hammer that works sort of like a torch yeah Quinny. i don't know if echo can use your hands right now with all i was gonna say i mean them. also echo's <laughs> arms are shorter than juniper's it's kind of hard for her to reach <laughs> Perfect. So that's covering the bases. Quinny, you can do invisible sneaking, uh, and I will be around. I guess right. I'll bring up the rear, I guess. All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll head out in just a second. Can I talk to you real quick, Butthole, just about something? Oh, yeah, sure, sure, sure. 
Ah, so it's power you seek, is it? Well, I, Xanthus of Dum Dums and Dice, am more than happy to provide you with a little bit of that, and it won't cost you anything, unlike that accursed Dum Dums and Dice Patreon. I mean, over there, sure, you can give a dollar to join a Patreon-only Discord and talk to other fans of the shows. You can get ad-free feeds. You can even create names or even an NPC that shows up in the shows. You can even get your name in the closing credits, and all it will cost you is a bit of your, um mortal money. Of course, you could instead make a deal with me, and I could give you power the likes of which you could never even dream of. And of course, the cost is somewhat higher than a few of your mortal dollars, but after all, who doesn't enjoy a good deal? Well, if you do decide that you would rather spend human money than engage in the dark arts with me, you can of course go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice, that's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E, or we could make a deal. Do you want to just talk uh, behind the desk that I smashed, or do you want sure. to talk over by the door? Uh, over by the door is fine. Okay, cool, cool. All right. And he just walks over to the door. And just okay. like in a lowered voice, Quinny just do, says like... Do you need to pray about something? No, I just need to talk to you as the flesh and blood man. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So you're talking to King, King Butthole. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your, your brother almost... I mean, not your brother, brother, but... Reginald, he almost bailed on us back there in the middle of a fight. I mean, I think you could kind of do something about that. I just think, like, look, all right, this is the main reason. Like, partly I don't want Reginald to hear about this, but another reason is because I'm going to say something. Reginald's trying to be, like, a better guy, okay? And okay. he and I have been like mutually trying to work on that or whatever in our own way. Wait, I don't so get are into you trying it. to be a better guy? Because it seems like you're it. really mean to him. I don't want to get into it. But <laughs> you and Juniper and Alan all helped me to be a better guy. And so I was thinking you could just do some of the same kind of stuff you did to him. This feels like uh was like like a this feels like a tattooing kind of moment, right? Like he nearly left us in the lurch so you know do your tattoo thing right that worked on me see i think i think thing with him and it's interesting that you decided to talk to me as as your king because here's the thing that's not right now (laughs) if if you'd come to me as as the butt hammer and you had prayed for me to help you with this problem then i could take some ownership on it and i could try to work some miracles and make that happen for you but what you're doing is coming to me as the king and what I would point out is, uh, I, I need to run a country. I need to run a war on another country. Uh, and he didn't run because you got him to stay. Because I threatened him. You may have noticed I didn't really give you an option on the tattoos back in the day. You kind of do what works. So here's my order for you, Quinny. Ugh. I command that you help Reginald be a better person. And that you become a better person along the way. Oh, well, all right. I'm already working on that. I don't command that you work on it. I command that you do it. That's different. Oh, fine then. Done. Ding. We're better. Okay. So here's here, no. Here, here's the, here's the thing. By the time we get to a car, I want to have seen Reginald do something good and outside of what Reginald would normally do, and I want to see you do two things like that. All right. Well, what a 
What do I or Reginald get out of that, then? You remain in the good graces of a king of what will be two nations at the end of this mission. Okay, so you're saying, you know, me and Reginald, we're not looking favorably to you right now. I'm saying if you don't follow the commands, then you lose authority. Maybe you don't get to be, you know, a privateer anymore. What? If I can't trust you to do a good thing, how can I trust you to do a bad thing in a good way? That doesn't make any sense. You can always trust me to do a bad thing. When have I not done something bad? Well, right now you're trying to help someone, and I'm trying to push the needle in that direction. I know you spend a lot of time with that talking rat who wants you to steal all the time, but I want you to steal less of all the time. All right, look, I am going to need some kind of carrot from you to to help with this, to grease the wheels of progress with old Reginald over there. So you're asking me to bribe you to do the right thing? I'm asking you to give bribe him to do the right thing. Help me help him do the right thing. Don't you steal a bunch? Again, you are the privateer, and you're asking me to sort out a bribe for somebody. It feels like you could do the bribe, Quinny. These are all things you're actually good at. All right. right. now you're asking me to manipulate and then bribe someone. Of the two of us, who's better at lying and bribing? You are. I lie. I say, de- I say deceptively. See if he believes me. I feel like at this point we do need to roll. Because I feel like your deception versus my wisdom is very funny in this instance. Yeah, this is always the the standoff, we, the, the Faerun standoff we reach uh, yeah. when when such things happen. So, yeah, I'm into that. Um, so go ahead then. Um, what we go with deception, obviously from from Quinny, mm-hmm. and I think probably. Insight, realistically, it's like his his feelings on whether or not he's getting fooled. Yeah, I'd buy that. Sure. Nice. Well, it's a low roll from me. 21. A five becomes an 18. Yeah, I'm not falling. I'm not falling for this again, Quinny. You, yeah, you, no, that was a bad one. That was. <laughs> yeah, so just we it's, both yeah, know but, that but, you're yeah. good at that see what did you do? you didn't try to bribe me i bet if you'd included a prize i would have got fooled you know i get <sighs> sucked into things so that's why i'm here to coach you you're gonna make reginald do one good heroic thing and you're gonna do two good heroic things <sighs> why do i have to do <sighs> and i just walk away <laughs> like and just a frustrated child Butthole just like straightens his coat and feels very proud of himself because he does feel like a dad. (laughs) It's like the talk you always wish someone would have with him about how to be a better, like a better cleric on the way up. uh, While this is going on, um, Reginald and Echo, you have like a rare moment together. Um, Reginald, uh, you haven't really spent time with Echo. What's what's your vibe on, on Echo? Echo seems comfortable. I think Echo would be another horde person. And like <laughs> Echo yeah. also has enough morals that like I'm sure Echo's popped up once or twice around oh, like yeah, the yeah. fortress. This is the first time you've seen And like her, hasn't been skinning people. So he thinks Echo's like the harmless kind of spooky, scary, which is like menacing, but there must be an underlying logic there that he can respect. That's how his brain works. Cause he's like, he's met people like Echo who then are like, oh, we let them out in the garden and they ate three kids. Oops. Well, I guess we won't let them in the garden again. Or like those kids shouldn't have been out at night because the horde's a nightmare place. <laughs> um, so he's like, so what are you thinking about this whole underground goo thing? I'm interested in your theory, Echo. It feels like you've got a taste for evil yourself. What do you mean a taste for evil? 
she says as she's like twirling a dagger. Yeah, well, you know how you're terrifying and everyone seems to try to leave when you're around. That's what I'm saying. It comes to you naturally. Some of us have to learn to put that on, like... Yeah, not everyone realized that you have to kill a lot of people to get what you want. See, you you make a lot of sense to me on the scale of things. So how many people have you killed, Echo? I've got to ask. Hmm, let's see. She starts counting on her fingers like one, two, seven. I'd like to see her fingers are clanking during this because of how many fucking rings you have. And that was not her miscounting. That was just like a group of five people she killed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, Reginald doesn't know that. He just thinks she's terrible at counting now. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. I lost track a long time ago. I usually come out to kill people. Oh, well, that happens to me a lot, too. It's sometimes what the job takes. So what do you do around the palace? I know there's, like, a therapist and there's the, the, the like, paladin who likes the woods and then a confused old man. There's not much killing there, so... Oh, well, we brought you to the mine, so there's going to be some fucking killing down here, let me tell you. So are you excited to fight the goo monsters, or are you excited to fight the speeding naked bull rats? Well, I'll fight them all, but what are you excited to fight? Because you, you, you almost left. I mean, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yes, you do. No, I don't. <laughs> oh, yes, you do, mister. Don't be a dick. Ah, <laughs> uh, you've got spunk, don't you? Uh, yeah, do you know what I want to fight? Boredom, I'll tell you that That seems really good after this mission I'd like to be good and bored for a while Why? Why do you want to be bored? Well, it's, uh, it's a good way to not die A lot of young people want excitement because they're stupid uh, And a lot of young people don't make it to old age You want to be nice and bored that doesn't sound like a very worthwhile life. Yeah, well, I didn't live up to my dad's standards, and I'm not going to live up to yours. <laughs> well, you better live up to mine, because if you try to run away again, I'm going to flens you with my knife. Yeah, well, you want to dance, you little turd? I got a flaming hammer with your fucking name on it. I don't want to dance. Yeah, well, good, because I'm a good dancer. <laughs> At which point, Quinny and Butthole return. <laughs> Butthole, like, feeling really good about himself. I was like, Quinny comes back one second earlier and hears yeah. Reginald threatening a child. <laughs> <laughs> Butthole comes back and just thinks they're talking. He's like, got my fucking work cut out for me. <laughs> Goblin Jr. and Doc Huckleberry have just been watching. They were close enough to hear the whole conversation. No Doc comment. Huckleberry, to be clear, is like having a real moment. Um, say where has he just been hanging out in the corner? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have any arm. Like all of his robot arms are gone, and he's, he's got a professional no, he, thief. He hid. He's got no guns left. He's he's literally just he's having that like Hawkeye in Age of Ultron moment of just like I'm the guy with a bow. If I don't have the bow, I'm just a dude, just a dude who's here. Um, so yeah, he's uh, he's he's sitting there, and and Goblin Junior is is uh, just kind of you know ob- observing all of this, and you know he's he's spent enough time with the party to know when when it's time to kind of step in, and when it's it's time to kind of take a step back. Ironically, his journal does detail all of the strengths and weaknesses, and he has made a, a concerted decision <laughs> that he has to go home and burn it. So now his his quest is is doubly powerful. But admittedly, the whole thing is just like 
slobber and like bite marks because he, he can't handle a pen, but he's convinced that someone could get at it. He's very smart, but he is ultimately still just a very good boy. So like sometimes there's just some dog logic that gets in there and, uh, you know, he's trying his best, but uh, it's the journal will will help no one. Um, yeah, to, but he's now any, very worried about it. To any regular being, it's just a book that a dog is pissed on so many times. <laughs> and to a dog, you can smell like... Homer's Odyssey on every page. Yeah, it is literally just the DC Tower of Babel situation where he's like, snarf, snarf, this gets in the wrong hands. Like, that's it. That's it. The whole whole party's over. Like, who knows? Who knows what evil could occur? <laughs> um, <laughs> so he's he's worried about that. Um, but also, um, particularly when Quinny and Butthole go off, he's usually, like, pretty good at, like, I'm just going to let that, that play out. Also, he um, can hear from a distance because he's a dog. <laughs> Yeah, but he's got selective hearing. Uh, we've established this from all <laughs> the time. Polite. He doesn't do things Quinny wants him to do. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, all of you group back up um, and uh, begin to make your way back I- into the mines. Now that you're you're listening for it, you can certainly hear gerbils in the distance um, and, you know, that, that the, the little scrabbling noises here and there. Um, but uh, not... You're just going kind of back over space you've already been through. Um, when you go to leave the office, um, you uh, as you are you going back through the, the side door or through out through the main door of the office. I would be if I'm scouting ahead first. I my instinct would be to go through the side door, like territory we've kind of been through already. Sure. Yeah, we'll keep playing the peripherals so that okay. we're yeah. not you know marching out to the main space and getting lit up. Totally fair. Uh, okay, so Quinny, can you roll me a stealth check, please? Just to see if you can roll two ones in a row. Uh, 14. That's a 29. 29. Okay, yep, you're good. Um, so nothing has has followed uh, followed you down this, uh, this path. Um, the vibe you're starting to get that tracks with kind of what you saw of the uh, the dwarves that were stumbling around the office is it's not like there are things patrolling the mines. It's more so if you stumble into them, uh, if you kind of cross their territory or make enough noise, then they will be alerted to your presence. But there aren't like active patrols or or anything. Um, so you make your way back into the forge, uh, which is where the the warm uh, the warm breeze was coming from, uh, from kind of the 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 deep um, geothermal energies uh, that, that uh, were harnessed in order to to run the forge. Um, from here, uh, on the far side of the forge, um, was another exit way that um, syncs up with again your understanding from the the pathways that you followed earlier. Um, and uh, you begin down that uh, that path. We can use your same stealth check for this. That's fine. Um, the air does get colder, um, and uh, it smells a bit damp, uh, a little bit damper, um, and. Uh, you can almost taste metal uh, as as you go, just on on the air. Uh, there's just a quality to the air that's that's a little um, a little off. Um, and uh, you reach a door. Um, this one is heavier than the the door to the the boss's office, but this is a similarly uh, rough hewn pathway you're 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 walking along. This isn't like one of those slick, well sculpted ones. Um, and, uh, the vibe you get off this door is it's almost closer to a blast door where it's just like a heavy, heavy hmm. metal situation. Uh, it's movable certainly, but it's not, it, it's got some heft to it. Okay. Um, I think I'll wait for everyone else to catch up. Then I'll disable invisibility and, and just be waiting at the door for everyone else Sure. and say, um, 
in a low voice, uh, look, this is a heavy door here. I don't know how stealthy I can be opening it. I figured we all should be here for this just in case there's a need for diplomacy or, you know, radiant magic on the other side of this door. If we need those things, I'd like to have them close by. Okay, so Butthole just leads in. He's like, we can kind of do the same thing we did last time. Reginald and I can crack the door. Quinny, you can, like, invisibly dash in there to be clever. And then either Echo, you're going to be in charge if they're, like, looking to you mm-hmm. to be, you know, gulpertastic. Or uh, we can negotiate or murder. Does that, yeah. that feel right to everybody? Yeah. That feels good to me. Okay, let's let's fucking do this. Uh, and butthole just get in position to to open the door. Yep. As does Reginald. Yep. Quinny prepares for stealth mode. And then I guess we'll leave Echo Echo with you know a wolf. <laughs> Echo's just like petting Goblin Junior. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Did you know that wolves are sacred creatures? Uh, and Goblin Junior like. His shoulders drop like slightly in relief, and he's like, "Snarf, snarf," uh, which you can easily interpret as, "I didn't." But um, <laughs> looking at you, I'm pretty glad. Having overheard this from a distance, Butthole is now considering possibly trying to convert Echo to the Church of Moonhammer because <laughs> wolves are sacred to the. I mean, Echo knows the Moon Mammoths. Moon yeah. <laughs> I respect them without following them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Butthole, you're booting the door? Uh, They're going to actually try to open it. They just want to open it wide enough that, like, if it's a big, heavy door, kind of one person can go through so they can do the same shit we did with the zombies last time, which is like, if we open it wide, we could get gooed. Yep. Uh, Give me an athletics, please. Great. He's also got Reginald helping. Oh, that's okay. That's probably a good role, so it doesn't matter. Uh, Dirty 20. Dirty 20? Um, Yeah, okay. Um, You're able to move it. Like, again, it's heavy and it hasn't been opened in a long time. Um, But uh, it is a functional door. It's not, you know, sealed in any real real way. it does, however, just creak like a real son of a bitch uh, when you when you push it open. So there's just like a resounding creak. And as as you're doing it, like your weight's already in it. And it's one of those things where it doesn't, you're edging it slightly and nothing's happening. And then all of a sudden it makes the noise. And by that point, your weight's on it. So you can't really like pull off. And it echoes so much. Right. Um, you can hear the sound bouncing off all sorts of, of spaces. And as the door creaks further open, um, you are, you're kind of hit by a, a rush of air um, because you find yourself in the main dig site. Um, so this is a massive, massive space. Um, and it's, it's beautiful um, in no uncertain terms because uh, uh, it's a lot of the same sort of honeycomb, style little dig sites that you you saw uh, earlier um but uh here in the the center of of the space uh is a a giant uh meteor um made of uh, adamantine 
uh, that is uh, has been clearly excavated and the entire space is built around it. Um, it's almost uh, on a pedestal. Um, like the ground has been cleared under it um, and it's clearly been processed. Like large chunks have been sheared off of it. Um, so you can think of it uh, honestly, almost like one of these D20s uh, in terms of how it now looks, but with many, many more faces. So not, you know, a rough hewn, rock from space anymore but something that is being uh that has been sort of refined and and carved down um the size of this thing is is truly impressive and the fact that it's been parts of it have been processed but there's still metal left is is particularly like impressive just in terms of the the volume um there's scaffolding all around it um and and built in in such a way that teams could very clearly be working on different parts at different times um, and similar to a launch tower for um, rockets, there's just a lot of um, towers around it with um, heavy winches and massive cogs um, and things that can help you, like counter, big, heavy counterweights, all the things you would need basically to move a mass amount of heavy metal uh, from up high to down low. Uh, the ground is a uh, just a, 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 a writhing, interconnected series of uh tracks uh similar to the minecart tracks that you saw earlier for delivering the bodies uh to the break room of morning um these are the less uh, the less ornate um or transport ones that you've seen before and they do seem to go off in a variety of different uh different directions um looking at it you can see that the more and more tracks and more and more kind of exits have been added over time, um, which sort of tracks with what you, you you've seen earlier. Um, all of this, I think, particularly butthole with the admittedly limited but still useful information you got from uh, the boss room, um, do seem to suggest a a like a surprise find and a a gradual scaling up of operations over time. Um, what was probably at first day, holy shit, look at this thing we found rapidly became, oh, holy shit, this is a full industry. Um, with, uh, some of the early artistry being lost as time went on, uh, due to speed. Now that said, that still doesn't track with the tunnels that you've just walked through, but, um, you can see similar to the map that had extra shit added to it. There's just a lot of like, surely we only need one set of train tracks. Oh fuck. We probably need two. Actually we need six. Okay. Just keep keep building them and and those tracks again just kind of disappear off into to various um deeper tunnels uh throughout the mines you can also see from here that a lot of the uh the alcoves and things and scaffolding has been set up along the walls of this massive cavern um have seemingly been built for and you can see a few of these chunks of the uh, the meteor uh is a meteor meteorite when it hits earth it's a meteorite meteorite it's thank a meteor you. when it's in the air did i get it right on my in the page atmosphere. i did get it right on my page which means Past Tom looked it up, and future Tom just didn't trust past Tom. <laughs> Wrist slap. It's one of six notes I have for the planning of the session. Um, so you can see um, shards of the meteorite throughout, and it would it stands to reason that the the earlier catacombs you were working through were other deposits uh, from when this thing hit. Um, so uh, sort of adamantine deposits in the walls and clearly kind of elsewhere that have been uh, excavated. You're not sure when this thing hit. It's not like the miners started digging and then it hit. It was 
clearly embedded here from long ago and and slowly uh, excavated out. Uh, that said, uh, similar to what you saw in the forge, um, there is a, a distinct sign of uh, of of work ceasing. Um, there are there are tools. There are like massive uh, heavy drills that are still like embedded in the side of the the stone. Um, they've just seemingly been left there. Um, the, the, a lot of the workstations are very cluttered, um, but, uh, very, very clearly no one has been, been active here for a long time. Um, you don't see any, uh, any, uh, dwarves kind of scurrying around. You can certainly hear noises coming from some of these side caverns and tunnels, uh, but the advantage you have is, uh, even though the dwarves seem to be going about remnants of their business, um, there's such a, a, a vast volume of possible jobs within this infinite mine um, that, you know, there are just plenty of other places they could wander off into, and they seemingly have. So for the moment, at mm -hmm. least, you have free reign in the space. Uh, and I do want to make clear, this is a big fucking cavern. This isn't like a small, a small space. Like this a stadium is, or bigger? Yeah, stadiums, stadiums, a good call. I like, was going to uh, ask, there's no yeah. open sky above us, right? This is no, a no, no, cavern, it's so still this all, is like this a, is subterranean. An ancient meteor then, given yeah, that very, very the old. earth has... So to get real Canadian, we're inside a closed sky dome with a giant meteor at the yeah. center yes. of it. Yes, <laughs> and that's the only name it's ever had, and it'll never have another one. I'm not learning them. Um, yeah, so big, uh, big kind of massive space. Um, so you guys have kind of entered, uh, if you can imagine this, this meteorite being in the center of the space, um, kind of like held up as, as like the, the gobstopper core <laughs> for this, this mm -hmm. giant evil gobstopper. Um, you, you are at kind of the midpoint of the meteorite, uh, at, at the area you've come in. So you'd have to descend downward to, to cross the cavern anyway. Um, there aren't like scaffolding that, that there's a lot of different scaffolding, but it doesn't circle, uh, the, the full, the full wall. Um, and again, you get the sense that that's because this door wasn't here when the mine was built. Uh, this seems mm. to be something that was added later. So it's got some rough scaffolding that's been set up. Uh, the nature of the scaffolding you're standing on is different. Um, it is, uh, much less, uh, much less artistic and a lot more uh, militant. It seems like it was built quickly and efficiently. So, you know, there's no artistry to it. It's it's very sturdy, but it's the equivalent of when the military has to build a fast bridge. Um, it's got more of that tone. I think Reginald and Butthole, you would very much recognize the scaffolding you're on as, as a caw handy craft. Um, and yeah, you find yourselves in this in this large space uh, with the, the sound of a creaking door echoing off the walls. What do you do? Quinny disables invisibility because it seems like just with that reverberating off this massive place, it just you could probably tell he was cringing before he became visible again at how <laughs> conspicuous that noise was. Uh, and now he's um, uh, he just says, uh, well, I mean, I don't see the point in scouting ahead right now the way it is. Uh, it'd be easy for us to lose each other in such a big open space. Might as well be able to spot each other. Uh, yeah, I think our best chance is just to move fast and try to find a friggin' exit. We're not actually here to clear this place out. We're just got to yeah, get to a car. Look at this place. I mean, which one's the exit? They go everywhere. 
Goblin Jr., can you hear with your ears if there's, like, wind coming from one of the tunnels? Um, and, uh, he, he kind of, like, nods his head and... Oh, yeah. Goblin Jr., man. I've been rolling hot garbage this whole <laughs> session. And then I roll Goblin Jr. And it's like, the sky's opened up. And a, a fucking giant arrow <laughs> points to the door. It's because um, wolves are sacred creatures, Tom. That's truly. Right. Uh, snarf, snarf. Uh, so, yeah, he he definitely picks up a scent and, and um, uh, kind of, like, nods uh, towards the far end of the uh, the far end of the cavern. Um, as you move in, um, Quinny, as you established, you, you know, if you guys are kind of chilling out a little bit. Um, you can see that there's a there. It's not purely tracks down down on the ground. There are you know like little stations set up. There's like what looks almost like a like a long haul for for food um, and some some other sort of stuff. But of of note uh, is there seems to be um, a shrine and some very imperious uh, cushions and carpets uh, as well as two. Um, ancient banners um one to tempest uh the god of war and one to what looks like a really primitive early draft version of the um the sigil of a uh and that's like just down on on ground level hmm the shrine is closer to the, the stone on a, on a dig site of this massive size, is there any kind of uh, office building, like a, a, a n- you know, not in the modern sense, but like any kind of like cabin or shack that's been set up where people in more like supervisory roles would be overseeing all this activity? Yeah, I think um, you can see uh, almost on stilts um, yeah, on okay. on a far wall. There's like a, a, a large. Um, it, it seems to be crafted out of stone with wood supports, but yes, um, there there is sort of a, an overseer's box. Okay. Uh, it is notable that this this little like cushion and carpet situation isn't in that, mm-hmm. um, as well as this shrine that does seem out of place to the to everything else. Um, but uh, yes, there is absolutely that that space. And again, every you can just safely assume in this this large area that like there is a ladder everywhere for something mm. or a ramp like there's just right. a lot of it really is that a lot of shoots and ladders yeah yeah it's a lot of that dig site where it's just like <laughs> as they layered down layered down layered down there, there wasn't any permanent anything built but there's a lot of like ramps and scaffolding and and elevators um and that sort of thing so juniper you you won't have any issue getting around or sorry echo rather you won't have any yeah. issue getting around um you just might be a slightly different route right all right, well, I mean, I'm interested in checking out that office just because, again, I'm thinking administrative, maybe a layout, maybe something like that. Uh, All right, well, you're the, you're the most acrobatic of us, says Butthole. Uh, he's like, why don't, honestly, get invisible, hit that thing on the way. We'll stick with Echo. We can just make for the end, and I'm sure you'll be able to join us. Just steal any shit that looks useful, and we can read it on the way. All right, I'll meet you at the end unless something fucky happens, and then we'll... I'll... I'll, I'll appear again so that I, you know, you can know where I am and we can help each other out, okay? Yeah, 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 that sounds good. But uh, otherwise, like, yeah, we'll just keep going as fast as we can. You know, if they're coming after us, maybe you can get around them. Who knows? Yeah, we'll be clever. We'll look after each other. Great, okay. Yeah, you hear that, Reginald? Great opportunity. Great opportunity to look after the crew. No reason I'm saying it. I just think it'd be cool, right? Don't you worry. I'm a wall that will protect everyone we've ever known. This is what heroes do. And he strikes a pose. 
Come on, hero, push me. It's time for me to push a little girl like a hero. Uh, and then he starts pushing Echo around. When he looks at Butthole like, huh? Yeah. Then Butthole just shakes his head. That one oh does not God. count. Too, and then he does like that that finger thing <laughs> yeah. that's like too little. <laughs> and then he yeah, starts moving right. the fingers apart like, mm-hmm. He's like, all right, mm-hmm. fine. He just <laughs> tromps off. You get like <laughs> invisible, but you can just hear him like, you see a bucket get like kicked over and like chasm and shit. Just a petulant ghost. Yeah. Um, all right, so Quinny, you're headed to the overseer's office, and yeah. uh, Echo Reginald and Butthole are heading to ground level. Is that correct? Yep. I'm imagining Huckleberry mm-hmm. will come with us because you don't have anywhere to hide. Yeah, uh, you you can say for well. he's following along. Yep. Yeah. I think we'd uh, all have had a rough time trying to scale anything that Quinny could scale anyway, so better to just keep the plate mail-wearing idiots moving. Fair enough. <laughs> all right, so um, Quinny, you make your way into the, the overseer's office, and uh, holy shit, is it a caw as fuck in here? Uh, it is black and gold, and like those banners are, are strung up, um, oh, clearly over top of whatever was, was in here. Um, you can see there's, there's a, like overly ornate kind of like golden clawed hands, um, uh, that kind of like hold a long winding scroll. Um, unlike the, the, the dwarven tomes you've seen everywhere, this seems to be like a, a you know, something you just furl and unfurl as, as needed. Um, and, uh, Again, similar to what you've seen to this point, even though this isn't a war camp, it feels like a war camp. Like it just everything is set up in that kind of rushed. People clearly rushed to set it up and then never changed it. It was just Mm. like whatever the most effective way in is. Um, What specifically are you looking for in here? Well, Quinny enters, right, sees all that Mm -hmm. and then curses under his breath of like, I can't read Dwarven. (laughs) Um, Uh, You don't need to. It's a car is common. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. So then he's like, fuck yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's still mad he can't read Dwarven. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just a lingering problem. It just, he just, it's just a reminder. <laughs> he's lucky it's not Dwarven. Shit, I can't read Dwarven. He's got to get some of those Duolingo <laughs> artifacts so that he can yeah. start learning Dwarven back at the fortress. Um, the Dwarvolingo. <laughs> yeah. I keep using Duolingo, which is like, you know, repost and stuff, and that's not getting me anywhere. Um, so. There's this scroll that you mentioned. I wouldn't mind taking a look at this scroll being clutched in these these black and gold clawed hands. Is that right? Yeah, it's just like gold. Like it, it's it, like I mean that seems the, ostentatious as all hell. I'd love to see what that's about. It is correct, uh, but uh, you quickly realize it is just their equivalent of like a, a paper towel roll holder or a toilet paper holder. Like it is oh my just. God. They are going to, you know, in the same way Warhammer just has to add spikes. They just got to add fucking audacious stuff. So in in reading this, this is a very efficient ledger. Um, and it is very focused on on output. Um, you can see, though, something that I think catches your eye, Quinny. And being a thief and kind of knowing the value of things, um, you can see that they're not... This isn't a financial situation ledger at all. Uh, okay. It instead seems to be purely volume-based. Uh, and the volume being tracked, um, you can see kind of almost a, like there's a, a legend um, around just like that tracks with kind of the suits of armor you saw and how much uh, adamantine you would imagine is required for those. Um, and you can see that they're tracking how much is being mined against essentially how many completed suits they can make. Um 
and uh, it seems that uh, they are they are going for a uh, a very specific number. Uh, it, it would seem that for whatever reason they require six thousand six hundred and sixty six suits of of this armor. Uh, and you can see that they are deep into it. Uh, they're sitting at about, uh, 4,212. Uh, so they've been, they've been at it for a while from what you saw in the forge. It looks like this process may have also slowed by needing to perfect what kind of armor they were going to make, but it seems odd to you. The specificity of the number and the fact that the armor is nothing special based on Mm. what you saw earlier is odd. And then it abruptly stops. It just straight up, it's like the numbers just cease. Okay. I know the, you know, the street value of this stuff, right? This adamantine or anything like that. Do I know why that is? I know it, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's, uh, it's valuable for that reason. Does it have any kind of other special attributes, uh, conductivity or, or, is it is it magical in it any kind of way? It does have magical properties uh, and is is known for being not only just incredibly strong, but uh, an incredibly potent uh, magical component, um, and uh, and and certainly uh, being being conductive is is the right oh, space okay. to be be moving towards. Oh, they're doing like a ritual or something. Um, so as you okay. ponder that, um, our attention turns to, uh, some folks who are approaching a shrine, um, and, uh, Butthole, Reginald, and, uh, Juniper, you... Echo. 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 <laughs> echo. Um, as you, you make your way, uh, sort of across the tracks, um, uh, you can again see Butthole, um... Like this is very much a a war master, or war mistress, or war person's like battlefield setup. Um, if you just need to look imperious somewhere, um, this is very much what that would look like. Uh, but a banner to Tempest is like a weird thing for for a ka. Being like um, a nation that worships war, Tempest is very much at the heart of that. Um, but uh, you can't recall, despite your father being like a priest of Tempest in a lot of ways, like being, you know, a bishop. Or, I think he was an arch. We had initially established he was like archbishop, despite being Archibald of um, <laughs> uh, of Tempest. But he held <laughs> high rank in terms of like where Tempest sits. Um, it's just odd to see Tempest elevated. You've only ever really seen a Ka livery. Uh, so that strikes you as a bit strange. Um, but also the shrine is um, very much evocative of shrines to Aka, uh, the nation that you've seen. Um, but this one seems to be much more. Um, it 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 pings something in your kind of uh, your your moonhammer vibes in terms of a. It's not um, a uh, like a jingoistic nationalist thing. This actually seems to be a, a shrine to something or someone, um, and it's certainly not Tempest, um, but it is instead adorned with like the the sigil of a ka, uh, and you can see that there is a massive um, a massive tome um, sitting in the center of, of basically just like you can think of it as a small altar. Um, it has a uh, a broken spear um, on it, um, sort of like just next to the the book 
um, and then um, one melted down candle, like such that it's it's spilled over the side, um, and one tall ironclad uh, lit candle, um, or sorry, not lit candle, but like unlit. It's got like a little bit of the drippy drippy, but like it's it's clearly like a like a massive uh, thick candle that has probably been lit for ritual purposes, but clearly hasn't burnt down. Okay. Uh, yeah, he'd he'd be more comfortable checking this place out. But yeah, he's got to know what the fuck's going on in that book because that book is raising questions in a lot of ways. Okay. He'd probably just flip through it to see if he recognizes anything. Uh, if it seems useful, he'd pick it up while they keep moving. He's not really going to like stay here and explore and have us sit in the middle of this like temple in the middle of an open thing after we mm-hmm. made a shitload of noise. Um, so uh, you approach the tome. Um, you'll pick it up and just kind of like give it a quick look. Um, and uh, you see that it is uh, uh, the the title of it um, that has been etched it very like patiently and carefully into it uh is um uh the cult of a car um and uh you know as as you do when you you pick up something spooky you can tell that like the cover is made of bone um and uh the, the wording has been been carved into it it's been painted very ornately um and uh the uh opening it just kind of like pulling open the, the, the cover. Um, you can see that uh, it has been penned by uh, Blood Worthington uh, Tinglaria, um, architect of a car, comma, war mistress. Um, at which point um, a, a booming voice um, echoes throughout the cavern uh, as the surface of the, the meteorite ripples. Uh, and uh, a face begins to form uh, with sharp features that look ever so distinctly familiar. Uh, And a voice simply says, the nerve of you to come back down here and disturb my slumber, Archibald. Foolish brother, you will pay for this. This episode of Dum Dums and Dragons features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and our DM Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Dum Dums and Dragons artwork is by Del Borovic, who can be found at DelBorovic.com. Our theme songs are And Now for That Massive Coronary and Skipping Through the Orchestra Pit Part 1 by Peter Gresser, and our ad music is No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice or you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And tune in next week for more Dum Dums and Dragons. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. 
D&D and Things, Norma Byers, Schrodinger's Pepper, Guy Edwards, Flea Unit, Madre de Gatos, Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain, Mithrian, Garbo Ape, Locke, Sam Schaefer, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Jesters of Ravenloft is a new podcast being recorded on Twitch. It's D&D 5e, and we'd love to tell you about it, but we can't. Because seriously, the cast know nothing about what is going to happen. Adam McNamara is mystified. Del Borovic is baffled. Guy Bradford is bewildered. Tyler Hewitt is even more clueless than usual. And me, Ryan LaPlante, the DM, I'm the only person who knows what's going on. We're live on Twitch May 31st at 8.30 p.m. EST. And every Friday after our Wednesday night shows, we'll be dropping two episodes of Jesters of Ravenloft here. So get ready, subscribe, and soon you will be journeying into Ravenloft alongside our Jesters. Oh yeah, don't tell them about the whole Ravenloft thing. They really know nothing.